shadow agencies, time travel, and history professors, oh my. All this and more coming up on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 39. Let's do a little TikTok dance while the theme plays, right? About now. Welcome back to the show. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. Since most of us are either working from home or in other ways right now, we don't really need the water cooler news, but I still wanted to provide a little bit of news to get our minds off everything else that's going on right now. So here's a little random and nerdy news to make you smile. News. If you're a word nerd like me, I found this awesome list show on YouTube where John Green, yes, that John Green, breaks down 43 words that were invented by authors. It is such fun. I'll leave the link in the show notes. Amazon just launched Prime Video Cinema, which allows you to buy or rent and watch movies that are currently in theaters. Currently on the platform are Onward, The Hunt, Emma, and The Invisible Man. I'm pretty sure more will come in the future. The movies are more close in price to actually buying the DVD back in the day, usually ranging around $18 or $19, but it does allow you to see the film that you've wanted to see for a long time that's in theaters right now, but from the comfort of your own home. I, for one, am a huge Jane Austen fan, so I'll probably be watching Emma this way. Lastly, do you love Lego like I do? I've always thought of it as a timeless toy. And as an adult, I own a few really awesome sets, mostly Star Wars related, in case you were wondering. Well, now research says that a Lego brick could survive in the ocean for up to 1,300 years. So maybe they're also literally timeless as well. I'll leave a link to this super nerdy article in the show notes as well. Okay, on with the show tonight. Tonight's episode is about the short-lived TV series, Timeless. This series ran from 2016 to 2018 and was an NBC production in the United States. Despite it receiving pretty solid ratings across the two seasons and a number of nominations, including People's Choice, it only lasted those two seasons. Unlike many series that are short-lived, though, I feel like the finale ended the series on such a fun note and provided enough what's the word? Resolution? Yeah, maybe that's the word we're going for. Um, resolution to satisfy. I found it very satisfying, at least. The series follows a very unlikely crew. A history professor, Lucy, a military dude, Wyatt, and a nerdy scientist, Rufus, as they time travel to stop a shady organization from changing history forever. They're supported back in 2016 by Gia, a brilliant programmer, and a few others from Mason Industries and the government, including Agent Christopher. In tonight's episode, oh my goodness, side note, do you ever sit down to like do something, record something, and then all of a sudden everybody decides to text you at that moment? That is currently what is happening to me. So let me just mute that. Okay. In tonight's episode, I'd like to explore Lucy Preston in depth, 
the history professor and head of the lifeboat team. Did I mention the shadow group stole the main time machine, leaving a clunky lifeboat version of the time machine for our intrepid but reluctant team? Well, that's what happened. It looks vaguely like a giant eyeball with conveyor belts spinning around it. It also vaguely reminds me of something straight out of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Lucy is the epitome of what we would call a reluctant hero. As a history professor, she imagined her life to be fairly quiet, but when a cryptic organization recruits her to help with a mission, she's thrust into a dangerous world and quite literally into the history she studied in school. She resists helping initially for a while until she realizes what she's fighting for. Lucy is a genuinely good person. She wants to preserve history all while minimizing the loss of life. At one point, she stops Flynn from killing a child whose father was a terrible person because she couldn't live with Flynn deciding that the sins of the father may be visited on the child. Lucy is also a wonderfully, hopelessly flawed character, and I love that about her. There's no perfection about her. She's scared much of the time, overly selfish sometimes, stubborn, obsessive, and dogmatic. But the thing that stands out most to me about Lucy is that in spite of everything placed in her path, she has a tenacity to not let her future or the future of what's going on or the past hinder her. As her sister reminded her, quote, no one gets to decide our future but us, close quote. Lucy loves facts and always thought she could rely on those facts. They were kind of like concrete beneath her feet. But her world is pretty much swept out from under her and she thinks uh, that she's actually standing in quicksand, really. She grapples with this through much of the first season and into much of the rest of the series, too. I loved what a very observant lady Josephine Baker said to her in season one, episode 14, about Hemingway's description of the lost generation. She said, quote, You're wrong about one thing. When Ernest calls them the lost generation, he doesn't mean aimless. He means battered, broken down, but getting ready to stand back up. There's a difference. Close quote. I think this was such a powerful statement to help Lucy see that she does have a path and that she finds a lot of comfort in that. Lucy is also a curious person, and I love curious people because probably I am also a deeply curious person. Her curiosity gets her into all kinds of trouble over the course of the series, but I think it also helps her to get to the bottom of things too. She's willing to ask the questions and deal with the answers come what may. Another thing that I really love about Lucy is that she is unapologetically a spiritual person, and she challenges what Wyatt believes a spiritual person is. Lucy believes she has a purpose, whether she knows what it is right now or not. The series really grapples consistently with the idea of fate, God, and whether the universe or a higher power controls what's going on, or if we really do have some say in our path. Lucy's outlook was initially more apt to believe that, uh, to believe in fate, because it felt comfortable to her. She was living her life for her mother and what her mother wanted her to be, and a lot of what she did was um, relying on the fact that a higher power was guiding her path. 
But as the series progresses, you see her realize that she has some agency in it and freedom to choose and change her future. And she gets to live the life that she chooses. And suddenly I'm reminded of the uh, theme from Lost Girl. But anyway, um, Lucy believes in the goodness in people. She believes she can appeal to the humanity in almost everyone. She believes that talking is a much more preferable path to the truth than violence. And she has a genuinely good heart. There are a couple of other notable women in the series. Agent Christopher is the first one I wanted to mention. She's a tough-as-nails, strong lady who thinks there's something shady going on with Rittenhouse and time travel and Mason Industries, and she decides to dig into it. Even though it threatens her life and the lives of her sweet little family, because she believes that good needs to triumph over evil. And I love how she becomes close with the lifeboat crew and essentially is the one who kind of takes them through the series and protects them in a way back in 2016. Gia is the other one I wanted to mention. You guys, Gia ends up being such an unexpected delight. (laughs) She's the super witty, incredibly intelligent computer programmer working for Mason Industries, and she also has a little thing going on with Rufus. But Gia is pretty much the unsung hero of the show. There's this really incredible moment in the season finale, or close to the season finale, I believe, in season one, where she says to Connor Mason, quote, You know, my first day on the job, I was so scared, intimidated. I was in awe of you. I mean, I was coming to work for the the Connor Mason. I mean, my hero. All I wanted to do was make you proud. But right now is like that moment when Dorothy pulls back the curtain and sees the wizard for who he truly is, a coward, close quote. It was one of those slow clap moments in the series, and there are several more as it goes on, because you know she's feeling afraid, but she chooses to feel that fear and sit with it, but also speak the truth anyway. Connor calls her childish, but I found it pretty brave. And I love Gia for that. Gia is also brave in so many other instances uh, throughout the series. And uh, yeah, she's she's likely one of my favorite characters. Although she's sort of a side character, she, um, ep- she epitomizes really the strength and the power of the female characters in this series. So super enjoy her. I don't want to go too in-depth into season two and the finale because it's just something you've got to watch. Suffice it to say, if you're looking for an awesome time-traveling thriller with fascinating characters and heart, Timeless might be your thing. The whole series is up on Hulu right now in the U.S., but you may be able to find it on Netflix or Amazon Prime in other countries. I thought to do something a little different um, towards the end of this episode here. And I thought now was as good a time as any to start up our book club, since we seem to find ourselves with a little bit more spare time right now. As the first book selected, I've chosen the first of the Tiffany Aching novels in Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. Uh, The book is titled The We Free Men, 
and I haven't read it yet, but I've got it on good authority, one of my besties across the pond, that it's a lot of fun and a really good book. We're going to start it this week, and I'll do a book discussion a month from now, um, if that sounds good to everyone. Uh, feel free to let me know on Twitter or on our Discord or wherever, um, but I'm thinking we'll we'll do it about a month. It is a YA novel, so it should be a fairly quick read for us. I have created a Goodreads group where we can discuss that online, and I'll put the link in our show notes as well. And we've also got our Discord server, and I will um, create a channel there too for the book club. The link will be in the show notes for that as well. I am so excited. I love reading. Okay. That brings us to the episode question, gentle listeners. If you could travel to any time period and witness an event in history, not change the event in history, but witness it, what would it be and why? Tweet your answers to us at laserslockets and use the hashtag LLQOE so I will see your responses quickly. You can also reply to our Instagram story, if Insta is more your speed. And I know Twitter can be a hot mess sometimes, so feel free to use whichever method you like to reach out to us with. And that's it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. We'll catch you back here in a couple of weeks. Until then, stay safe, watch out for lifeboats flying from the sky, and if a shadowy organization appears with a journal you wrote in the future, maybe run away? Take care of each other, be kind, get your nerd on, and be awesome. All right.